Welcome to episode 105 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on February the 13th, 2021. Yes, it's Saturday, not Sunday. My name's Eric, the host of the show, based in Southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, newly minted show note proofreader, <laughs> and target shooter. Uh, I'm a computer geek, for, and as a first responder, I witness an over-reliance on emergency services during major events. I started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared and look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Alrighty, I apologize to our regular listeners. Uh, we did it a day early in order to uh, keep our spouses happy because I didn't realize it at the time, but Sunday's Valentine's Day, so there you go. Yeah, uh, so here my we name are. Is Ian. Yeah, I live on Vancouver Island. I'm a student preparedness target shooter. My farm's designated mediocre handyman and podcast practical joker. <laughs> uh, I'm Steve. Uh, I'm ex-search uh, and rescue, uh, swift water rescue, uh, master diver, a lot of work in the water, um, survival instructor, and then I also do some hobby farming, uh, hunting, sport shooting, long distance shooting. And uh, when they let me, I go fast through the air up high. Nice. So if you want to uh, help support the show and keep the uh, Canadian Prepper podcast on the air, you can buy some swag. We've got the uh, Canadian Prepper podcast t-shirt and the Tactical Velcro, uh, Velcro patch, if I could talk tonight. Uh, you can get those at prepperpodcast.ca. We also have a Patreon set up at uh, the website there, prepperpodcast.ca, and uh, all the proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. All right, if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's just a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. We've got some uh, resized content for you in this episode. Yes, the terrible dad jokes continue. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to start off with preparedness related news next we'll let you know what we've done for our preparedness since our last episode then we're going to get into the main topic uh, subcaliber inserts for shotguns and centerfire rifles right on. so let's move into some news yeah so uh yeah for those uh supposed coven camps that were just a conspiracy theory the uh the government put out an email uh to all rcmp veterans asking for some quarantine facility managers um or camp commanders, whatever you want to call them, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, look, they're looking for uh, ex-police officers to staff COVID long-term camps. And hmm. they're offering good pay for it. I was like, okay, specifically they wanted ex-LEOs, ex, uh, which I thought was interesting. So, yeah. through the uh, the mass email they got sent, sent out for that one. Specifically RCMP, though, that was interesting. No, uh, no other services. That is interesting. Anyway. Yeah, I guess because they're branch of the military, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next one was more interesting. Actually, uh, three people got found on an island, uh, which I actually had to look it up. It's actually between like the Bahamas and Cuba. It's kind of off the coast of Florida as well. But uh, the three of them survived 33 days on an uninhabited island, basically eating rats, crabs, yeah. rainwater, and everything else, until a passing helicopter spotted them. So uh, yeah. we'll hopefully... Some, get some more of that story-wise. It should be an interesting survival tale once we get the details on it. Yeah, that's uh, oh, good on them. Yeah, and they were only discovered because they put a big cross on the island and they had some brightly colored flags up and everything else. So, I mean, yeah, they didn't lose their brain uh, on that one. They, they put some good signals and, yeah, they didn't have a whole lot to work with. The question is that nobody's answering is, how did they get there? <laughs> I was just going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think, they didn't, didn't mention plane crafts, they didn't mention shipwreck, they didn't, I was like, Oh, that's odd. Well, then. Hmm. But aliens, clearly. Aliens, yeah. Yep. Maybe maybe bad abduction story or something. Yeah. Like that. Here, here um, comes the fifth COVID variant. That's right. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, so, again, why am I going with the conspiracy stuff this week? I don't know, but anyways, uh, here we go. This is a story that came out of uh, BC here, uh, the Interior News, which is like the BC Interior. And basically, some new rules have come out for the BC government that are going to require all ranchers, including myself, to uh, ID and GPS chip their livestock by the end of 2021. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, so if you want to give you a bit of backstory here, uh, to this point now, if you want to feed your livestock, you have to have a feed number, and they track and monitor how much feed you're buying. Um, now they want to have the exact GPS coordinates of your livestock, even if you don't take them off your property. And it used to be just if you were taking them off the property, certain ones like sheep and I think cows had to have the tag, uh, but other ones didn't. But now it's like everything all the time has to be tagged, which I thought was interesting because they're basically starting a livestock registry. As we all know, what does registration always lead to? Mm-hmm. You get to keep your stuff. Yeah, something like that. I, I can't yeah. remember how that works exactly, yeah, but yeah. yeah. That's it, right? I, I thought it was a little disturbing news. It was kind of like they're taking advantage of the COVID thing to kind of slip some of this stuff through, and I'm just like, that's uh, a really odd one, why they need to monitor the livestock. Well, I hope like we're yeah. a long way from them needing to know exactly where your cow is. Well, yeah, and I was like, you wouldn't want to eat my alpacas, honestly, because they're kind of old and stringy, and you'd have to pressure cook the living daylights out of them or something. I don't know, like... <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, that's all I had for this week. So next episode, pressure cooking alpacas. Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I've got a couple of articles here. Uh, First one up is, uh, I'm sure everybody's kind of heard about this now, a big pile up in Texas because of uh, a little bit of freezing rain. Um, Just a reminder, be ready for anything because you could end up in a big pile up. Well, snow in Texas is probably worse than snow here. I mean, they really really lose their mind. Yeah. I don't think they have the infrastructure to clear it there, I wouldn't think. No. It's, it's a little rare. I'm guessing uh, the tires aren't a thing either. Probably not. Maybe they just try to shoot their way out. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Stupid snow. Uh, yeah, keep, your, exactly. uh, your, keep your get-home bags ready in your trunk for yeah. times like that. Absolutely. Uh, and then we've got a couple of articles that were sent in by listeners. So uh, Daria sent one in in regards to a massive uh, electrical power outage in Cuba. And uh, it turns out that it was just uh, because of degrading systems. But uh, if it wasn't, it could have been a lot worse. And uh, Hank sent one in in regards to a hacker attempting to uh, taint drinking water in Florida. Well, uh, I had art- uh, issues with both those articles. Actually, I pulled them up to read them. And the one from Darius about the uh, Cuban government and their blackouts. I love it how in you know most news articles, they always tell you what actually is the case because they totally deny it right off the bat. Yep. And the Cubans were saying, it wasn't because of a fuel shortage, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, kind of sounds like you had some fuel mm-hmm. shortages. Yep. And uh, of course, infrastructure is probably from the 50s that probably hasn't been updated that well. Obviously, they've got an embargo that's been going on for quite a while with the trade embargo and their, their main trading partner kind of went down the toilet for 20 years. I can imagine it's probably a fuel issue. And Venezuela, I think, was their biggest fuel supplier, but Venezuela's got its own issues, so yeah, I don't know. And then the uh, the one with the Florida water thing was interesting, too, in the fact that basically I guess they were watching real-time while the guy was, like, taking his cursor across the screen and adjusting the, uh, the was it the lie level in the water? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. And they said, like, well, don't worry, it, didn't, it was never a danger to, to the public, but it did briefly go from 100 to 11,100 times the Some, uh, the normal limit parts per yeah. yeah and they said yeah that was that was that, that could be pretty bad i'm like well then if there was a danger if it briefly went there you know and kind yeah. of through this if it was briefly there then that was in the water which is not good <laughs> yeah but don't worry don't worry don't it's worry. okay 
It's all right. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever had lye burn on your skin, but I can imagine have. drinking it would be way worse, I would think. Yeah, if it can burn your skin, it can probably burn your insides. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> so all, all I know about lye is that you can use it to make uh, pretzels. Hmm. Really? You, yeah, you, 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 there's a lye bath, and you dunk your pretzels in there before you bake them, and that's what makes the pretzels brown. Really? Yeah. Well, I've yeah. learned my new thing for today, so uh, gentlemen, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, like, I was going to say, I've heard of it in soap making. I've heard of it like uh, for like, yeah. getting stuff to like rot down if you want to like you know throw it over something and bury it or whatever. Uh, but I've never heard of that before. I would have yeah. thought they'd use like a steam steam crusty or something with the pretzels. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, now we know. Yeah. <laughs> right, shall we move into what we've done lately for preps? So for myself, uh, I know I talked a couple episodes ago about uh, tearing my snowmobile apart, finally waving the white flag and saying I'm, I'm taking it in the shop to let a pro look at it. Well, I'm kind of glad I did. I'm kind of sad that I did at the same time because the PTO side's blown on the engine. Wah, wah. Mm. So that sucks. So now it's a matter of deciding whether I want to turn it into a project, learn more about it and tear it all apart and try to fix it myself, send it to the scrapyard or find a uh, another shop that's willing to rebuild it for less than the five grand that this first shop quoted me so dumb dumb question for you yep. um when you say your sled i'm assuming you mean skidoo right yeah yeah okay so what does it run off the pto like i mean like i think tractor ptos where you're running like a, a combine or something like an yep. external piece of equipment what, what would you be running with so that's sled? the that's just the power drive side so it runs the belt that then pushes the sled oh okay so, i thought it yeah. was like a actual like external pto nope. that, that was okay Nope, nope. It's just the the drive that uh, that runs the belt that then pushes the track and makes her go. So uh, that side is uh, is toast. So I'm either going to turn it into a project and learn how to tear it all apart myself, or there's got a there's a small mom and pop shop down the road here. I might take it to and let them have a quick peek, and maybe they can be a little bit more realistic with their pricing than the uh, than the dealership is, which is yeah. probably going to be the case. Well, it's interesting because I was, I thought it was like, uh, I only had one Skidoo in my life and it was like a Yamaha Bravo. It's like the smallest one you could possibly get. Yep. And it's just like a little centrifugal clutch. So basically as soon as it spun up, it would grab the belt and go. There's nothing yep. fancy to it, right? Yeah, that's exactly pretty much what this thing does. Okay. Yeah, it's nothing, not fancy or anything crazy. So I might be able to tackle it. It's just a matter of finding the time. Hmm. That might be fun. So we'll see. And then uh, besides that, I finished up that, uh, that interview I was talking about on Thursday poured myself a drink and uh, sit back and wait for the results. We'll see what happens. Right on. Yeah. All right. As for myself, uh, let's see here. I finished uh, on it. It's a, it's a constant battle here. But anyways, I uh, had a bunch of underbrush that I actually scraped off the front of my property to make it look a little less like junky and uh, pulled it all in. I did, ran a fire for about three days straight burning underbrush. So between those tall trees I brought down and all the pine needles off those, all the stuff off the front of my property, bunch of stuff around the power line i'd piled into big piles but i had to like you know ferry them up to the top of the property where my little burn pile is so i spent probably two days just burning underbrush that was fun uh let's see here i used that ash to actually once it cooled down i threw the ash underneath the chicken coops because the chickens actually use that during the winter to give themselves a dust bath and it actually keeps the uh the mites down so that's kind of a kind of a reusing thing and don't waste anything right uh, let's see here. I stripped down uh, the branches off those big fir trees, like I was telling you about. So now I got about five big piles of like medium-sized branches and logs and stuff to turn into like usable firewood. 
see here. I took down the chicken wire. I had a chicken wire run around one of the coops. I had seven coops originally. Now we're down to uh, three in operation, but I think on number four here, I took down the chicken fence, brought up the iron key posts, and I ran them all down below because they're going to repurpose all that to start a secondary kind of garden for garlic and onions and stuff. Uh, oh, listeners, if anybody has seeds for a wormwood plant, I was hoping somebody might be able to help me out with that. Uh, I need something for, uh, for the chickens for that, and I can't seem to find any anywhere. Uh, see here on the note of the campfire pit where I was burning off all the branches I managed to knock down a couple more trees that were kind of in the way of the the flames as they shot up and the smoke and stuff I was getting a little worried so I knocked down those trees uh, turned them into firewood um, and then yeah here we are so uh, I'm in the deep freeze right now which isn't really a freeze for us but you know what I'm saying uh, we had uh, 15 centimeters of snow last night which is crazy a lot for here and it's, it's only like minus five or something but I've been battling the last couple of days, keeping everything open for waterers and everything else. And see here, cleaned my shed. You wouldn't know it looking behind me, but I actually cleaned this place and uh, kind of reordered stuff and, you know, kind of made it a little more livable and workable. I know it looks so, no different. So the bins have stuff in it now? Well, now it's just, now it's just my, my little pony collection. I do believe my Cabbage Patch dolls and I think my Silly String collection. That's about it. Oh, good. The silly string is the most important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I keep kept up with the Patriot Challenge. So I did my 45 minutes of exercise, two liters of water, learning new skills, and every 10 minutes doing something to improve my life, or every day doing 10 minutes to, to improve my life, something like that. So that was the shed, anyway. Uh, continued my reading, but I've actually finished the 77 Days book, and I think that's pretty much it. Are you uh, sure? Fairly. Okay. Oh, hey, I found, four, I I found 40 Creek Nanaimo Bar uh, Irish Cream. That was important. There we go. I was waiting for that. <laughs> My bottle's already gone. I'm sad. Uh, I think you have me beat on uh, getting things done around the farm there, Ian. Uh, I've been kind of useless. I've been uh, watching chicks hatch and waiting, just, just staring at eggs, waiting for them to do things. But uh, though the wife and I were working on getting... Uh, more chickens for our flock, and this is the first time actually going with our roosters and yeah. uh, and incubating our eggs rather than purchasing eggs. So it's kind of exciting. Two days ago, we had this our own, you know, there are, there are our own eggs start to hatch, and that was really exciting for us. Oh, uh, for trying. sure. Like, I've been, I stood right over top of the incubator and actually looked down and watched the eggs hatch, and it is actually a neat process to watch when they go through that final stage where they push themselves yeah. out. Um. I was going to say, do you guys have one of those Hova baiters or the, uh, what's the other one, the Brincy? Or which one do you guys use? Oh, I got something off of Amazon. <laughs> Is it yellow but or white? White, see-through, holds about nine eggs. It's probably a Hova baiter then, yeah. Ha has a, a moving rack that uh, just slowly rotates them. and. Yep. But uh, we actually... Hmm. Actually, just got uh, some quails as well. I'm not sure if you have much experience with those, but uh, I know nope. you can eat the eggs and you can eat them. So we we thought we'd give it a try, and and uh, we actually just also hatched four quails. I heard they're nice. a bit of a flight risk. No pun intended, but they <laughs> they do actually like fly off a lot more than chickens. But I uh, I heard they're actually like more efficient with the food than chickens are. Like they actually like, get more meat per pound of feed and everything else. Yeah. So. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, you you have to keep them in an enclosed pen rather than just uh, you know high fence. Yeah, no, I I've heard that's a bit of an issue. Like I, we just let ours free range, so I I wouldn't want to keep track of the quail like that because they, they think they'd be gone. But, 
Yeah, we do cool. get the uh, couple of wild species around here, but you don't see them that often. Oh, oh and Phil, just to, to answer Phil's question, no, I don't have any Beanie Babies, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, there's always a good time to start, right? I see uh, Bane in the uh, live chat here is helping me troubleshoot my sled already. I may have misspoke. It sounds like maybe the clutch is broken versus the uh, the drive portion. I don't know. I don't well, speak engine, was, so that's what I was kind of getting at. I was thinking instead of a PTO because that sounds like a PTO is a power takeoff, right? And that's usually what you yeah power something externally with. But I think it's, if it's a centrifugal clutch, that could be a, a bit of an issue too. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't speak engine. Another reason why I want to maybe bring it home, tear it apart, and learn. But yeah. uh, I appreciate uh, the help already. That's great. But shall we move into the main topic? All right. Well, I guess why are we talking about this today? So in order to keep up with our current mantra of cost savings, less reliance, and peace of mind, we uh, decided to get Steve on here because actually uh, Steve and I met during one of my infamous CGN deals. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I actually sold Steve a couple of subcaliber inserts and uh, we should probably talk about those because we don't talk about firearm stuff or fishing rod stuff often enough for YouTube. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I figured it's a good time to, to break into this again. So, Steve, uh, first off, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, and we'll take it from there. Oh, me. Um, well, uh, yeah, I got bit in the outdoors here and got into hunting when I was out in Alberta. And uh, that's what kind of, at the same time, what got me into the, the subcaliber uh, realm, seeing it out there. Um, and... Uh, I'm uh, sure if when you guys are out hunting, if um, you know you're out for deer, you're carrying your your centerfire, walking along, and you happen to see a, a grouse or something on the side of the path, and well, what do what are you gonna do with that uh, grouse? You want it, it's still open game, and you maybe want to to take it. So, what are your options? You think? Well, you could destroy the grouse with the 308. <laughs> I was just thinking the 308 will do the job. <laughs> No, so, <laughs> I I tried that. Yeah, well, I had heard to uh, shoot under it and try and, and chip rocks at it and whatnot because they, they grouse like to be on gravel paths and whatnot. So I, I attempted to, to yeah, shoot you know a foot under that uh, that grouse at uh, 10, 15 feet. But one foot under a grouse at 10, 15 feet is actually center mass on a scope. So <laughs> mm. I... Uh, uh, I dissipated that uh, grouse and thought, oh well, this isn't this isn't a good uh, a good way to go. So, um, but that's what had got me thinking, got me started on the on the subcaliber inserts. But I bumped into a gentleman, uh, Hammond. He has the Hammond Game Getters, and uh, I met him at a gun show in Edmonton. And he makes these little. I didn't bring them today because I brought everything else, of course. But he makes these little inserts that uh, you, you use a twenty-two. Uh, ram set or like a for like a nail gun and uh, it powers a 308 whatever caliber you're shooting out of you use this little 22 as your as, as your ignition and your oomph so and then that got the the wheels turning about okay like what, what are your options for for using these inserts and you know the perfect time is you will come across that grouse and you don't want to hit it center mass with 150 grain uh, <laughs> uh, slug, so you, know, you pop it with a little, little lighter, a little, uh, a little slower. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, you're in uh, southern Ontario now. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, uh... I was gonna say they're, they're still uh, they're still gross around you and everything else, and there's lots of crown land to use and everything else. Uh, not near me. I think up near uh, Eric, but uh, I'm yep. I'm in cattle country uh, south of Hamilton, so I I don't even see grouse until I'm north of Barry. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so it was like I was uh, I was originally trying them out as a means to have like a backup uh, firearm for this. If I had a caliber that was like three fifty seven lever gun, instead of buying a second lever gun, I was actually getting one to see if I could like just have a backup that would shoot three fifty seven, mm-hmm. just just for S's and G's. I found them mildly expensive depending on where you got them from, of course, as well. I think uh, your Hammond Game Getters they're they're kind of almost like a a breech loader or something. It's just one at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. Versus the ones I was trying, I was trying those Kiapa subcaliber adapters that were basically just like almost like a, a break action shotgun. You could just pull the bullet out and then put a new one in, and there wasn't really much of a slowdown there at all. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty quick. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I so <laughs> with the three fifty seven, I got a little experimental with uh, with my three fifty seven, and I actually took um, there are snap caps. Solid okay. aluminum snap caps. Yeah, I actually ran them through a uh, a lathe and, and milled this one out too, 357. So you could uh, slap it in your your shotgun and fire it out. So I suppose if the uh, yeah, because the barrel's still acting as the protective uh, or like the thing that's able to handle the pressure. So as long as you're not exceeding too high of a pressure, I suppose you're okay. Yeah, as far as yeah, the the chamber's concerned, it handles everything. Uh, let's see here, HRDKS650 says slingshot. Well, yeah, if you have a slingshot, I suppose you put down the gun and pick up a slingshot and take an aim. I, I wouldn't be able to hit it myself, but um, Darius also mentions you can also uh, shoot beside it and let the force kill it. I've actually heard that the the supersonic crack will, like the air compressed air will break a neck or whatever you hit it close enough without actually hitting it. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I'd rather just hit it with something. But anyway... Um, well, yeah, so back... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, with Darius's... Yeah, I, I tried that, but then that turned into center mass. I, I tried to shoot under it. Yeah, uh, I hear you. So what kind of uh, like parent firearm, or what's the main firearm they use to put all these these adapters in? Is it, uh, you said shotgun and center fire, right? Yeah, so I've got a couple for different uh, center fires, but my main ones are a shotgun for a 12-gauge. I've just got a... Um, a CIL uh, single shot 12 gauge as the parent gun, and uh, and then a variety of uh, inserts. So the one I got from you, so 12 gauge to 20, and then 20 to 22 caliber, um, and they all can fit in the the 12 gauge. So let's say you're you're out and about shooting slugs or whatever, or you want your bird gun, you can easily change calibers, change. You know, let's say you only have 22 ammo on you. Okay, well, get rid of the 357 insert, and now you're using the 22 insert. So it just gives you lots of options for changing up what you want to do. And so the adapters, like, I saw your picture there. So, like, there's pretty much adapters for every caliber out there, right? Um, there are. They, I don't, they're not as common anymore because a lot of the ones I have seem pretty old. Like, you don't see them advertised except for in the states i forget what the company is in the states that has them and then chiapa has them um 
where they're yeah they have 12 gauge to 357 and it's got a uh you know about a six inch barrel and it's rifled but uh i they don't seem to be as common anymore you, you don't see them uh, too much well, I, yeah, I, that's where I kind of ran into it because I think I, I originally bought that Kiapa set of eight for four hundred and forty nine dollars, <laughs> right. and uh, and I ended up selling them off individually and and basically get my money back and um, kept one for myself, and then I ended up getting rid of that one as well. But yeah, they're they're not cheap, and you know, especially with these Turkish shotguns out there, it's almost the same price to get like you know just a a cheap Turkish single out there and just have a a different caliber. But of course, you got to carry them all too, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was gonna say, how much? Uh, like, what's your preferred brand on that, or what? Are they, what kind of a cost are you looking at for per adapter? Um, so currently, I, I I haven't bought any new. I've kind of just found them on uh, Canadian Gun Nuts. Um, ordered some from uh, Numeric out of the states, and uh, they're. But if you're on CGN or whatever, they they seem to be going for about fifty bucks each, somewhere around there. Mm. Okay. So not not too not too terrible, cheaper than cheaper than keeping a, a second gun with you. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, accuracy kind of thing if you're using them. So I have different varying levels of accuracy. Um, the ones that are for the shotgun, uh, they're not rifled and they're keyholing as soon as they're out of the gun, but. Uh, I've been successful in getting squirrels and grouse at 10 to 15 yards, and and that's all you need. Um, a little down the line uh, for accuracy, you know, I've got these inserts here that it's basically a sleeve, um, and it allows you to shoot a 32 ACP out of your centerfire. Uh, 32 ACP is 7.65. A little bigger than 308, but uh, still squeezes down. Good enough to hit, I'll say, a, a grouse or something up to 50 yards. But then they start going a little, uh, going a little crazy, just because they they have about an inch and a half of smoothbore before they hit your rifling, and uh, they don't seem to be the best past 50 yards. Well, that's fair. I mean, because um, what you're getting, but for best. Well, that uh, that Hammond Game Getter we were, we were talking about, um, it's got the projectile right up against your rifling, and also I have a different seri- uh, style of insert here that um, keeps it's 32 ACP, but it keeps it up against your rifling, and it has an extended firing pin here to uh, put it in your gun. You throw a 32 ACP in there, and because it's touching the rifling. Um, they're actually quite accurate. I, I was just shooting the Hammond Game Getter at 150 yards uh, yesterday, hitting a gong with it. Um, so not 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 too uh, too bad considering. Yeah, Scott, uh, uh, erstwhile po- podcast panelist himself, there says, uh, any risk to the barrel? Um, with the shotguns, um, they're going. I'd say they're going uh, a little bit farther out of the barrel before they start tumbling. So uh, I haven't had any issues, and it's not like they're striking the sides of the barrels. They're they're, you know, if anything, they'd be grazing out of the shotgun, and uh, 
but no, I, I haven't had any damage, any issues. I've been using it in my uh, 20 inch Mossberg using the uh, 357, and no, it's been shooting straight and uh, not touching any, anything. And I, I believe that even if it w would, it's just going to be grazing and on its way out. So, well, I think some guy was trying to liken it to me when I bought the Kiapa things. He was saying it's kind of like rolling a bowling ball down the hallway. If you're in a 12 gauge shotgun, and you're shooting a 357. There's still enough leeway on all the sides that basically by the time it exits yeah. your barrel it hasn't touched anything yeah but, yeah uh, I'll, I'll agree to that yeah but yeah i mean like i was using a uh, 14 inch barrel shotgun which uh as i was on there prepping 2.0 there a few weeks ago and he was speechless when he found out that we could actually get shorty shotguns in canada <laughs> where it could be like a 200 dollar tax stamp and wait six months to get the same thing and we can do it online and get it in a week yep. <laughs> but, in uh, the mail nonetheless yeah in the <laughs> mail you don't, you don't even have to talk to the guy to do it and i was just like yep. uh for once, Canadian gun laws come out ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're the winners. Yeah, yep. for once. Anyways, but yeah, actually, I put a link in the show notes for a $139 uh, Turkish shotgun. And if you spend the extra 10 bucks, you get the short barrel, 14-incher, and make the Americans jealous. So, I mean, if you want to spend $149, <laughs> you get a uh, perfect little uh, parent gun for this. I because, like uh, yeah, then you have to worry less about, you know, the bolts hitting the side on the way out or anything else. I did notice that the uh, Kiapa 8 eight adapter set is sold out again. They're, they're really hard to get. They get them in batches and they, they don't have any for six months. Yeah. I, I can't pull myself to spend what they want on that. It hurt when I did it. And then, but as soon as I got it, I literally put them up for sale. Like the ones like the, the ones I was never going to use, like, uh, like, 410, uh, 12 gauge to 20. Yeah, 12 gauge to 20 and a couple other ones. I was like, there's no way I'm going to use these. And so I sold them, but like literally they went within a day. And so like the guys are after like 45 long colt. Yeah. I'm never going to use it, but some guy was just thrilled to get one for 40 bucks or whatever, or 50 bucks. And um, he didn't have to buy the whole set either. But yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of stepping on the ledge there for a while. Uh, yeah, the, the 45 long colt ones are fun as well. Yeah, I mean, there is, like, Bane points out the fact that he doesn't have a sight on any of his break-action shotguns. I think for the ranges you're talking for this, I don't think you need to worry about anything other than a bead sight, because I think that'll probably cover what you need for inside 50 yards. I don't yeah. think I set any records uh, hitting anything at 100. I, I think I tried with the 357 one. I tried hitting the man-shaped uh, steel at 100 yards, and I think it was about shot four. I figured out where to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like... Minute of man at 100 yards. It wasn't exactly like super accurate. <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, it does keep like I with the three with the non-rifled um, ones. Yeah, I wouldn't try past the 15 yards. But but the the other ones they do really well. So yeah. So other than that, uh, as far as weight goes, like you carry a bunch with you. I suppose it's lighter than just carrying a second gun, isn't it? Yeah. For for me, so like personally. Like, because we're still on the, the hunting aspect of it. Yeah, just keep uh, one in your pocket with uh, a 32 ACP. Keep a couple of those in your pocket, and you're off to the races. You're you're going to be just fine, you know? That's a couple ounces. Yeah. Nice. The thing I liked about all these is, like, uh, for the peace of mind aspect, is that, like, especially nowadays when we're dealing with this ammo shortage because the Americans hoarding everything, um, if you only got certain calibers available of certain stuff, it's nice to have the adapters that you can still keep shooting and don't have to worry about you know only relying on one caliber yeah yeah now are these are the adapters like reusable or are they a one-time use thing or how does that work so totally re reusable yeah so they're um they're mostly their sleeves made out of steel or aluminum and yeah you're you're using them indefinitely awesome 
Yeah, the one I got down in the States there, it was aluminum, and I was a little worried because it, it was 22 and it was aluminum, but yeah, it's actually, because the basically the, what you're putting it in, like the gun, is actually going to provide extra structural integrity for the aluminum, so it basically just, it runs it fine. But for the bigger calibers, yeah, they make them out of steel. Yeah. Well, it's, so for the you know ammo shortages, well, I guess even both centerfire and the shotgun, you know, the shotgun, you've got, with the shotgun inserts, you have a lot more variety with... Okay, you can shoot 12 gauge, you can shoot 20 gauge, or you can shoot 22, or I can shoot 9 millimeter, or 357, or 45 long Colts, or 410. You know, so with the shot, different ammo. You know, so if you come, you know, for also SHTF scenarios where you've got lots of options with one platform, the the more the center fire ones. Are more okay. You've got to have 32 ACP on hand, which is not common here in Canada. I'm not sure how it is down in the states, but 32 ACP is uh, not big up here, except for people who hold prohibiteds. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think as soon as the 90s came along and they prohibited any any handgun and 32 ACP, I think the ammo kind of dried up a bit. But yeah. I suppose there's still some out there. It's not not illegal to have the ammo or anything. So no. But what I do have is uh, 22LR for 4570 and 303, and it does have a short segment of rifled barrel, so you can get out and train with your uh, Lee Enfield or get out and practice with your, your uh, 4570 lever gun and not spend $3 around. You know, you're just spending a couple pennies around to learn your gun, learn your trigger, and uh yeah that's pretty good that's neat yeah um yeah bane points out uh worst thing with the shotgun is the auto ejector <laughs> the adapter goes all the way to the bottom of the snowbank um <laughs> yes yeah, so, of course you can't use these things in pump shotguns and generally it's only for break actions but like for the example some of the bicals you can choose to eject or not to just extract and then a lot of all the turkish i think all the turkish shotguns are just extract only they don't even eject so it's uh depending which parent gun you use i suppose um, yeah, so it's break break action only for the most part. Well, um, I do use so these long adapters, so twelve gauge to twenty. Um, yeah, so let's say for a pump gun, you'd have to take the barrel off, put this in, and then mm-hmm. one at a time, and you might have to use your finger to to eject them, you know. But uh, I, I I do use the three fifty seven adapter in my pump gun, um, and yeah, you, you're you're doing it slowly. When you're ejecting, um, my donor gun for this, the CIL has an ejector. So yeah, as I'm cracking that barrel, I've got my hand over the top, and sometimes I do forget, and it goes over my shoulder and flying into a snowbank. <laughs> well, it'd be expensive to lose it too, I suppose. But uh, Darius does ask if they have an option for 17 HMR that you've seen. I haven't seen an option for 17 HMR. Um, it's interesting. That's it's a, such a hot little round too, right? Like um, they have trouble making semis for them. And I don't know if maybe it's just too high of a pressure or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. It seems to be a lot of older calibers and even the inserts themselves, like the ones I got from Numeric, they're older. They don't look like they're brand new. Um, you know, the this one, yeah, they're, they're, uh, not around anymore and so i don't think anyone's making them in 17 hmr 
could be. So I don't like I don't think other than Chiapa making theirs, like I I don't think anybody's making them. You know, you're just finding old ones. Which well, is probably why they go so quick on on uh, Canadian gun nuts. Well, that's right. I mean, and of course, from the uh, the uh, perfect perspective, of course, you know, worst case scenario, you can always go scrounging through somebody's garage if need be in the zombie apocalypse, and you know, come across a, <laughs> a box of twenty eight gauge or whatever, and before you know it, you're in business, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's there's always uh, loose ammo floating around. I've got an like, ammo collection that probably just be the the cat's meow for your uh, your adapter collection. So, yeah, I, I, I guess. Everything. <laughs> My wife just came upstairs today. She's like, Steve, this is getting out of hand. I guess I left some 22s in my pocket. She was uh, doing the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> loose change for some people, loose yeah. rounds for others. Loose you know. for others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it happens. It's, it's, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, as long as you don't take it to work. Anyway. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Bad idea. So uh, other than that, I was going to say there, uh, you were talking about some gunsmithing projects you had on the go? Um, well, what I was currently just doing was adding a, uh, a, a scope rail, so um, tapping and, or drilling and tapping uh, that CIL uh, so I could put on a little rear sight and then uh, put on a little ghost ring front sight. So it, rather than just have the bead and um, just to be a little more accurate with the, you know, with the 357 inserts and the 9mm inserts. And that worked kind of okay. I, I did a little bit of Loctite to uh, keep her all secure. Um, aircraft grade uh, bearing Loctite, but you know, that's, some, that's important. Probably do it. So um, I was going to say, there, uh, Beans asking if they make six packs for their revolver. That would be cool. Um, interestingly enough, I saw Hickok forty five. He was playing with these things for a while, and he actually had a double barrel. And he had like one in forty-five long colt, one in twenty gauge. And he was trying all these other ones. So he, he was firing two different rounds, and so he when he was running around with a twelve gauge, he had a choice between a bullet or a shotgun. And um, so he's kind of turning it into like a savage twenty-four combo gun, and uh, that was kind of neat. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty interesting. I've only done it with the single shot, but you know, running around. Well, well actually, I guess that wouldn't be too different from uh, the Chiapa double badger. You know, uh, 22 over 410. Yeah, I mean, they make that, uh, is it the M6 or the survival rifle that comes with the adapters and it's like a $1,200 rifle or something? $1,200 break action? Yeah, it's insane. Um, so Darius just pointed out that... Uh, yeah, I was just going to say. Just a, yeah, Banff just had a 4.4 on the yeah. scale earthquake about an hour ago. Yeah, at 8.33 p.m. It's uh, five kilometers from Banff, huh. according to uh, Global News here. That's going to yeah. scare the caribou. Tis. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, it's true. It's not near any fault line whatsoever. It is near the continental yeah. divide, if that makes a difference. But I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, tectonics guy, so. No, either. Yeah, I wouldn't think about uh, kind of the middle of the country, you know, more or less, more or less we think out your way there, Ian, with uh, yeah. the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, but by the same token, though, what's the biggest uh, fault in the North American continent is the New, New Madrid there in, like, near the Mississippi, right? Like, it's not where you expect it. I was going to say Trudeau, but... Well, <laughs> that's that, where I was that going. Fault, that's, that's a different thing. <laughs> I, I had to get political there for a second. It is for a second. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see here. We have to cover anything else off there? Um, I suppose, yeah, like you said, it's maybe some teaching techniques for the... Uh, 
for the new people. I suppose if you uh, if you want to get some new people going on bigger calibers, but don't want to have the kick right off the bat, you suppose you oh, can use those yeah, too. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I was just... Um, my mother has taken to shooting and has wanted to come out, and that's a, a new thing. So I was wanting to get her on uh, on my 308, and she she's new. So, um, yeah, th that's a, another thing with, you know, rather than just hunting using it to uh, to take a grouse or whatever is uh, training um, cheaper to to train and lighter recoil and no um, flinching um, so I got, I got her on my Remington 700 and uh, she's hitting the gong at 50 yards with the with the little 32 ACPs with this insert and and uh, you know when when it's just a small they come so especially with the the 32s they come out subsonic um, they're very quiet there's zero recoil and um, it was a good chance to you know she wasn't flinching she had good trigger control and uh, you know so anything you know I even got my my seven year old son behind it um, because they're not going to be afraid they're going to learn from the beginning and not be afraid of it and, and, and flinch. Oh, nice. that's just a, a good use for it as well when you think about it, especially yeah, no, if absolutely. you have like a heavier twelve gauge single sought and uh, you put a twenty gauge insert in there, it's going to be less recoil because there's more mass to it, and yeah, that certainly uh, prevents that flinch thing too, right? Yeah, it's, where can you? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, where can you get the inserts from? I know you guys have mentioned a couple of times CGN. Is that uh, is it only like something that's traded there, or can you can you buy them commercially? Or so. Um... Chiapa make theirs commercially, um, and as I said, like I, I got, I just bought mine. A couple of them from uh, Numeric Gun Parts, in uh, which is in uh, the states, but they ship to Canada, and it's not ITAR prohibited or anything. Um, but other than that, it's kind of like a used, a used market. I don't know too many places. I do see sometimes the um, twelve gauge to four ten. I don't know who makes them, but I do know. Uh, some of our sh uh, stores, you know, I'll see them on wand stalls or something. Um, those are a little. If you're gonna see an insert, you're more likely to see something like that. That's 12 gauge to 410. Gotcha. Um, but it, it's been anytime I see one, I buy one. But they're uh, it's taken a few years to to get a little collection going. I get to so know. It's, but it, but you would think it would be. And I think it's a great idea. And apparently, back in the 70s or 80s, whenever these were made. Uh, somebody thought they were a great idea too, but it's kind of disappearing. But uh, um, from a hunting aspect, from a survival aspect, and from a training aspect, there sometimes you don't need a twelve gauge to get the job done. Sometimes you just yeah. need a twenty-two, but you're not carrying a twenty-two with you. So there's uh, there's gunadapters gun dot com, which obviously self-named there. Um, there's also, of course, uh, Calgary Shooting Center. If you don't shoot, uh, if you don't shop there, you're a communist, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can get the 12 gauge system, which is like 449 dollars for the eight, or you can get the 20 gauge one, which gives you a couple less adapters, but uh, it's only like 250 bucks. Um, and they kind of come and go throughout Canada. Like every store kind of carries the same set, but they kind of come and go as far as available. Yeah, but, but so nothing that's steady on, on the regular basis. Yeah, it's kind of hit and miss. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, good to know. I think it's a really neat idea. I didn't. Uh, I honestly didn't know this was even a thing that existed until uh, 
you guys were mentioning doing an episode on it. And I think from a, from a, a preparedness point of view, it makes a lot of sense to, to have this option because like we've said a couple of times now, there's no point in carrying multiple firearms with you on a, on a hunting trip if you don't have to, because it just creates weight. So if you, you have this, you can, it's interchangeable. You can swap out when you, when you need a certain caliber or, or if you're training or something like that, it's, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, as, as far as yeah, preparedness, SHTF, you know, okay, so hunting's number one, training, and, you know, just uh, lighter recoil, number two. Number three, yeah, is, is preparedness. You know, I've got, and even with the Chiapa, you know, six, eight barrel system, you got one gun that can shoot the most common rounds that you might find. Um, so you go to the store and, oh, hey, you don't have 22, but you've got 410, 357, 9 mil. Okay, well, grab a box of that because you can still shoot it. Um, and an argument that, that I'd heard is, you know, it's, are you going to self-defense um, with your single shot? Better than no shot. But uh, I think the, the primary, you know, and uh, things are going bad is you got one shot of multiple things. You can use that for hunting. You can use that for protection if you need to. So, yeah, especially no, having... Uh, yeah, I, I just like the fact of being able to use the multiple rounds if uh, if you ever need it and only need to have one firearm with you. That's awesome. Yeah, well, you think about what what are the most common rounds uh, today um, for, let's say, pistols? Because a lot of these cartridges are aimed at uh, pistol cartridges in your shotgun. So what are the most common ones? You've got 22... 9 mil, 357, 45. Well, there you go. You're on your whatever you're walking around, and that's the ammo you come across. You're, you're good to go because you happen to have an insert for yeah. 9 mil, the most common, uh, one of the most common police and recreational rounds out there. Yep. Oh, I like it. I think I can see that being incredibly handy for all kinds of different situations. It's good. So I, I keep all. Actually, I got this from you, Ian. Uh, yeah. It is it is from the the Chiapa where it's meant to have all these inserts in here, and then I keep all of my. I only got the one Chiapa insert, but I keep all of mine in here, you know, and just I, I keep it together with my uh, my bug out bag and and so and I and I do use it hunting. I, I've taken it out in the bush as well, and you know it serves a purpose and it does it well. Actually, I was just like trying it. to answer his question there about uh, 308 to 22 there, but um, I can't find Gunadapters.com, there's a bunch of stuff on there. I can't just search it that fast, but Darius was asking if he can find an insert for his Leonfield in this 308. The answer is probably yes, and if they don't have it, they can probably make it for you. It's 308 and Enfield. Uh, Darius, go to uh, um, Gun Parts Corp, which is numeric out of the States, and because I have... 308 and 303 for 32 ACP and I think they're 20 bucks US each plus $15 shipping that's not terrible at all no not, not for these guys not at all okay. uh, how do they affect headspace well I guess there's probably going to be some free bore right there's going to be a little bit of a jump probably for or you said some of them go right up against the lands though too right so some of them go right up against the lands and those are what I find to be the most accurate. Um, like, as I was saying, like, I was shooting the, these ones with the 32 
and the Hammond Game Getter, where it's right up against the lands, and I was shooting those out to 150 yards. Yeah, holding up 40 MOA to, to get it there, but it, it'll do it, and it was good. Um, they do, when you buy it from uh, uh, Numeric, like it came with a little information sheet, and it said to uh, use uh, sandpaper to sand the back until it uh, slides in and uh, you can clo close your bolt uh, effect or, um, well without uh, having to exert a lot of effort on it. So it does give instructions on, on the head spacing and how to fit it to your gun. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's pretty oh, much cool. all, all I had. You got anything else? Yeah, I've, I've kind of covered my questions off. Just some basics. Well, I guess that's pretty, that's pretty much it for that. Well, cool. podcast challenge time. I think it's uh, podcast other... challenge time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's see. So, podcast challenge for this week is see what kind of game is abundant in your area. Uh, see what kind of firearm may help in gathering food in your area. And then uh, see if there is a uh, an insert that you can get for a said uh, firearm. Fair enough. I like it. I that. A little creativity to it. <laughs> All right. Upcoming events, zero. COVID. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, deal of the week. So we got, I got one from Cabela's.ca. If you want to uh, outfit your wardrobe, uh, Cabela's has hoodies currently on for seven bucks and shirts for as low as five. Uh, just go yeah. to Cabela's.ca front page. They got a bunch of stuff on blowout right now because of the, uh, the really slow business uh, zone right now because of COVID. And, uh, yeah, if you're short clothing, now's the time. Yep. All right, let's move into some shout-outs. So I've got a, a quick shout-out to two new Patreons. We've got uh, Andrew and Carrie. So uh, appreciate the support. We are pretty much close to breaking even now for, uh, for hosting and everything through, uh, through Patreon and, and selling the T-shirts and the, uh, the tactical patches. So appreciate everybody's support. It's, uh, it's going to certainly help come uh, the annual bill that's coming up shortly to host everything and run it and make it go so appreciate the help right on uh nothing for me steve you got any shows oh nothing for me <laughs> fair enough all right well we'll move into uh, email and itunes reviews so we've got uh, a youtube comment actually so i'm gonna have to change the title of this section a little bit to uh YouTube and Facebook comments as well, but we've got uh, mentor Timothy. Yeah. <laughs> just, just feedback. Yeah, it's getting too long. We'll just call it feedback. Uh, so it says only problem of prepping or owning guns or being patriotic is that liberals and globalists see us as domestic terrorists for some odd reason. Uh, things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, government's yeah, going to well. be government. So we'll welcome to being on a list. Yeah, exactly. Just by watching this, you're on a list. Um, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, from Josh, I got a, some feedback here. It says, hey, guys, just listened to you on Prepping 2.0. Great job. was really cool hearing you on a different format. Hope it leads to more listeners. Yeah, actually, uh, that was really fun. Uh, actually, talking differences between American and Canadian prepping issues and stuff. Um, like I said, for once, we actually had them speechless when we were talking about how we could actually buy... <laughs> You know, firearms from person to person, sight unseen, and ship them through the post without having to go through like a firearms dealer, like an FFL down in the states. And they were just blown away. They're like, "No way!" Because even they can't do that anywhere in the states. Yeah, well, I, I could hear their chins hitting the ground. 
Yeah, because like they have to, they, even they as free as they are, they they still have to fill out that form four 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 seven three every time they they switch firearms ownership. So there's yep. still a paperwork trail in the states, whereas even right now in Canada for non restricted, there's not, which is mind blowing when you think about it. But um, yeah, it's good. I like it. Yeah. So uh, no, that was good. That was a really good experience, and uh, Glenn Tate's a really nice guy. So. Okay, and we've got uh, a review here. Uh, is it from uh, Kaylee Pollock? And I, I apologize if I've butchered your name, but uh, trying the best here. Uh, so it's titled Really Good Info. We got five stars and it says, just started listening to this and now I'm downloading all episodes. A little thumbs up. So appreciate that. Well, she probably won't like us much longer after that. So. Well, hey, you know. <laughs> anyway. All right, I got another one from uh, Kim. It says, hello. Thank you so much for contributing to contributing to stream weekly episodes. Sorry, let me try that again. Thank you so much for continuing to stream weekly episodes. It's much appreciated. You guys have made me think of things I've not thought of and research items that I was not aware of, so thank you. In the latest episode, Hughes discusses various checklists, like bug-out checklists for various time periods, financial planning, etc. In a previous episode, some of you have mentioned other checklists, such as seasonal maintenance. Would you guys be willing to share these checklists, or is there somewhere they've already been posted? I would like to have such checklists for my family and would rather not have to reinvent the wheel. I would, of course, tailor them to our family and scenario. Thank you for taking the time to read this, and I hope to hear from you soon. From Kim. So, I'm hoping Hughes will share what he can and kind of de-identify it as best he can. Uh, that's the problem, I guess. There's there's the operational security aspect. Um, obviously, guys don't want to share the, the quantities or whatever, so I suppose uh, we could probably de-identify a few things and throw them up on the website. Uh, this is a general yeah, so yeah. yeah. Um, I got some time. I'll probably try and maybe do some outlines for you. They'll just kind of be a generic thing to give you the idea. But um, for the most part, it's just, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk to Hughes and see what he's got. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it could hurt. Why not? Well, thanks, Kim. Yeah, appreciate that. All right. Well, with that, I will bring episode number 105 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or, of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out some interview. It helps other people find us. And Steve, where can everybody find you? Oh, me. Uh, well, um, I'm just starting my uh, YouTube. I didn't want to shamelessly plug it when you allowed me a shout out there. Go but, for it. Uh, I'm just trying to start a, a YouTube, not, I don't want to say channel, but, you know, things like shooting these inserts. Uh, so I've got uh, SO Shooter, Southern Ontario Shooter on uh, YouTube is where you can find me and I'm good. Awesome. Uh, I'll be doing a video slowly where I can show you these uh, inserts and a little more review about uh, how they work and the ups and the downs. Cool. Nice. Looking, looking forward to seeing the videos. All right. Well, we record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click on the notifications tab. That gives you alerts when we're going live. Uh, you can reach uh, Ian directly by emailing me at thewesternretreat at gmail.com. And big news, I'm also now on Gab at the Western Retreat. Uh, so you have to type in the ampersand and then uh, Western Retreat. You can also find my Canadian Patriot podcast on iTunes and YouTube. There you'll find us discussing why government waste in society makes me go scrounging for ammo. Gab, is that where all the cool kids are hanging out these days? Well, see, I got kicked off Facebook and <laughs> Parler got shut down and... <laughs> You know, we're kind of running out of options, so Gab this seems to be the place to be now. So the, I guess it's so funny. I, originally, I guess they had six employees up till about three weeks ago, and they had like this mass migration of people going over from Parler and Twitter and Facebook 
to the point where they've actually had to like exponentially increase the size of everything and i guess they're just going gangbusters right now so it's a little slow a little clunky but it's coming along okay so we're going to play over under for how many days it takes until ian gets kicked off winner gets a tactical <laughs> i am by far podcast.ca i am by far the tamest guy on there mm-hmm. and uh but they all love alpaca pictures so i that i'm gonna make me get me myself really popular on there Fair enough. <laughs> All right. You can check me out at uh, Rapid Survival. It's at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there on the live chat. You can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, just a quick thanks to Steve for coming out uh, this evening. I know this information is going to be quite useful to uh, all the listeners. So thanks for taking the time to, to share your knowledge with us tonight. Uh, thanks for and, having me. And uh, for everybody else listening, uh, thanks for joining us. And until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. Keep learning.